This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday evening. Um, Liverpool 2, Man City 2 at Anfield today in the Premier League. Um, I'm exhausted after, I don't know about the rest of you, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm back on the drink and everything because of it. Um, I was off the drink and now I'm back on it. I was going to say that lasted long. No, well, it turns out, it, was, <laughs> it turns out um, three cans of Guinness in the fridge and I went, all right, come on, let's have it, um, why not? Why but uh, but not <laughs> on tonight's show Liverpool 2 Man City 2 of course game of two halves and um, do people feel that was the way that's Salah goal we're going to have to talk about and possibly that the draw was I think a fair result and I don't know if I get many arguments um, yeah. out of these lads here tonight um, with me I have uh, Steve the Man City fan who in fairness to him left Anfield got home um, stuck this straight on at loads of chocolate before he started so he's ready to go um, he's had a great day out um, shouting at Man City buses amongst the Liverpool mob apparently on the Anfield road having a great time yeah. while Liverpool fans stared at him going who is this nutter and that's a quote um, Grizz uh, is with us as well and of course Keith um, lads I want to start off with just your initial feelings after the game because I just, it, was, it was so fucking it was so tired watching it never mind you know uh, Steve's at the game but we're watching it from home or in pubs or wherever we're watching it it was it was just a madness and, and you know what Steve I'll come to you first because you were there mm-hmm. um, we, we spoke just before we came on, on on live here it's just different levels Steve it, this game of football is a different level to anything you see in the Premier League in my opinion and, and it showed today in different areas but it was a ridiculous game of football yeah it was uh, it was one of the most entertaining games of football I've seen for a long long while um, we went to Chelsea last week similar we had to play well it was nervous you get that feeling where you know that if there's a mistake in it you know you're going to get punished and um Obviously, our previous record at Anfield has been bad. So I always have them nerves going to Anfield. It's not been a happy hunting ground for us. Um, but the way we started off the game um, was positive. Um, you could feel a little bit of confidence in the City end as well. You know what I mean? We were, we were, we were taking the game to Liverpool a little bit. You, you, you knew the quality was there. But we've played Chelsea and Paris this week and played absolutely fantastic in every game. So we knew we were going to turn up. But first half, like you say, first 15 minutes was a bit of a ding-dong. Second half of the first half, you know, towards the end, City turned the screw and and, and we could have scored three goals. I mean, I think Foden went through, tried to round Alisson. Grealish had a couple, he missed. De Bruyne with a header at the back post. Um, So we were like, is this going to be the same old story here now? Are we going to dominate this game and end up? losing 
And obviously, you know, we went behind. And then a lot of the older City fans in the City and near me was like, same old shit. We've gone behind. The crowd's up now. That's it. You know what I mean? The guy in front of me was like, that's it. You've, the crowd are up. We, we've lost it. Our heads have gone. You know what I mean? But listen, I've got to give credit to my team. Um, they dug deep. And um, a year ago, we wouldn't have won that game. We wouldn't, uh, sorry, we wouldn't have got anything from the game. We wouldn't have got anything from it. We'd have just crumbled. You'd have won. It'd have been party time and we'd have gone home with our tails between our legs. But we showed a bit of character today. Um, and like you say, I think overall um, the result was fair. Uh, the Liverpool fans coming out the ground I spoke to was like, really enjoyed the game. We really enjoyed the game. And like you say, the, both of them teams are going to be in the mix for the title. But the thing that these two teams have got for me, we can go on them runs. Me and Gris speak about it all the time. We can go on them runs anytime we want. And um, I think one of us is going to do it. I think the title is between us two. No disrespect to Chelsea, but they're not in the same league as Liverpool for me. And they're not in the same league as us. And I tell you what, Pep Guardiola must be sat there thinking, if only I'd have bought a striker. Because if we're playing like that with no striker, mate, if we get a striker, it, it, we're going up another level. But I thought I'd have a special mention for Mo Salah. I've got to have a special mention for Phil Foden. And Bernardo Silva, when he's running around the midfield like a mouse with a load of cats chasing him, it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like that. You know what I mean? But it was... No, but look, from a Manchester City point of view, I'm a happy man tonight. Um, it's not a happy hunting ground. We've come away with a point, with four points from Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, I think we're happy. We're over the moon. But like you say, it could have gone either way. And, and Liverpool, uh, I've got to say... I like Curtis Jones in the middle. I thought he was great. Um, I just thought, obviously, Milner's going to get some shit because he should have got sent off, to be fair. But he didn't have a good game because Foden tore him apart. But look, I mean, I was speaking to Grizz. I don't know about you guys, but I thought that Van Dijk kept hitting it long. So I don't know whether he's been told to do that because Matic was taking it deep. He was carrying it into midfield. And causing us a bit of issue. And Virgil just seemed to look up and look for that long pass. Now, I don't know whether he's been told to do that or does that something Virgil does all the time or does he let Matic carry it or I just wanted to know your opinion on that. Does does a mix of both? You will see Matic move up the pitch more with it than Virgil van Dijk. And Virgil van Dijk is known for this diagonal, usually into Salah's feet while Trent is overlapping when Trent plays or to Trent uh, slightly not so much. There's not so much length on the pass, but it's to Trent who's looking to get into nearly an inside right channel and cause trouble. And this is where this is where I thought Liverpool kind of double crossed themselves, Grizz. And I'll come to you because we might as well get into it. You know, the first fifteen, like Steve says, a bit of a ding dong. You know, it's the usual Liverpool City thing. You have a go, we'll have a go. We we'll we'll have a little nibble here, and you have a nibble there, and we'll see what way it works out. And then it usually levels out, and we see where it goes. And I felt Liverpool double crossed themselves, Grizz, because. By playing that amount of long, not long ball, but the, those diagonals that you're looking to hit, you're making the pitch bigger. And in, in instead of squeezing it, by making it bigger, you're leaving more space. And that's where City got, really got into it because you were finding that space that was left. Instead of Liverpool being right up on top of you from the halfway line and going, right, we're playing diagonals here, but if it drops, we're all over you. And it was just a bit of a weird one for me, Grizz, um, from 15 to half time, nearly. It was, did you not... Could you walk it out? Because I thought they double crossed themselves by trying to be a bit different, but it didn't. It didn't go to their advantage at all. 
I don't think it was instruction. And I didn't think it, sorry, I didn't think it was by instruction at the time. I didn't think it was a tactic at the time. And then Jurgen Klopp has since come out and clarified that it wasn't. We played far too long. And sometimes, Gav, um, you've got to give the opposition credit in terms of forcing us to play the wrong ball, if you know what I mean, not play the right ball. And, I, and, and that's what it was. Look, the first 15, 20 minutes, you know, we've done a couple of reviews. We, we spoke on Carnage um, on Thursday and, and we kind of tried to dissect how the game was going to go and we pretty much nailed it to a T in terms of everyone thought that it's going to be sort of the first 20 minutes are going to be, you know, throwing haymakers at each other. Well, I, I, I thought it wasn't going to be like that and it turned out. The two managers and the two sets of players, literally, as you said, Gav, the first 15, 20 minutes was just like a sparring match, just to see what's happening, what's going on. And and I think City's I think City's tactic, which again I thought was gonna happen, was was gonna uh Steve, do you remember I said to you I don't think he's gonna put Grealish out on the left? I think he's gonna put yeah. Foden up against Milner and give Grealish the free roll. Well, Grealish had a free roll, but he had a, he, he had he was more asked to double up on Milner. And so that's where yeah. they had their joy. I just thought, Gav, we our midfield wasn't brave enough in that in that period that you discuss, that you talk about between 25 to half time. <coughs> and they squeezed us so much that Virgil was forced to play. Or that, like, there's there's always that tactic where, do you remember he played that similar balls to Mane against Bayern Munich? Mm. He tried that about four or five times, but he chose the wrong fullback to play that against. Carl Walker's lightning fast. And he had, yeah. and he kind of had the seem to have the measure of Mane with that particular tactic. So, look, that was frustrating. But, you know, everyone's talking about how Man City dominated us in that second half of the first half. And they absolutely did. They bossed it. But I still felt, I don't know how you feel, Steve, and I don't know how you guys feel. I still felt they didn't really go gung-ho for us. There was still that element of holding back one player, you know, not flooding the box. And so, therefore, it, it looked like there was a lot of chance or creation, but I think it could have been far worse for Liverpool. And that comes from the mutual respect from both sets of players and both sets of teams. Because even though they had possession and controlled possession at times, they didn't overcommit once, in my opinion. And and I think that worked to our favour because we survived that first half by the skin of our teeth. Yeah. Do you know something? I think you're bang on. I think as as good as City were for me for that 30 minutes um, by finding pockets of space and, you know, nice dribbles, Bernardo Silva in particular. Well, he should, from, from a Liverpool point of view, Bernardo Silva should never be getting through there. You, you, you hit him and you, you take a free and you walk away. Liverpool are a bit too nice for me. But Keith, Grizz says something there, you know, City didn't overcommit. They were finding pockets, but they were finding pockets with those two or three, maybe four players going forward. Because as much as they may feel like they were on top, and this is why I want to get to the half-time thoughts, as much as they felt they were on top and they were finding space, Guardiola says it time and time and time again. If if you if you overcommit against Liverpool and they turn you over, you're in serious fucking trouble because Liverpool can just go bang bang and there's a fella in on goal and they're, they're brilliant at it. Is that what lets City down a little bit in that half an hour? Is that you know going into half time where you say it's nil all 
and I'm dying to hear Steve's thoughts at half time. But Keith, for you, <coughs> is that where see you still at that bit of don't go too mad here because we're on top and they can switch it in in 15 seconds and we're, we're a goal down. Yeah, I mean the way the the first half panned out, I I thought we were awful, you know, and I it's not a disrespect to City, but I don't think it was a case of City made us look bad. I think we made City look better, and boy, that I just look City were excellent first half. Don't get me wrong, I just mean we did we we gave up so much possession and we gave up so much territory in midfield that. They, they had a field day. And I, I'd love to hear Steve's thoughts on going in at halftime, as you say, Gav. They dominated us so much and had us on the ropes, but didn't really create too many chances. Like clear court, I think there's only one shot on well, on Alisson's goal in the first half. And something you touched on, Steve, was the, the lack of a striker in that Man City team. And I think it really showed because, you know, you dominate possession, you dominate possession, and there's nobody a target man let's say to put it in um, and I felt if that was Liverpool going in I'd have been like oh another one of these days we're well, not walking the keeper enough we're having all this possession we're having all this like Milner is getting absolute noted by Phil Foden I think personally he was let down by his, his midfield cover mm-hmm. I think you know Milner we all know he's 35 we know what you get out of James Milner and if you're going to have someone like Phil Foden who was quick and it's tricky. He needs help, and he didn't get it. And I just felt City were just turning that screw, turning that screw. But it was more so that we were just letting them. And it really—that was what annoyed me the most. You know, it was I haven't seen us play that bad in a while, and certainly not in a big game like that. Because something Shawnee always says on this when this game especially comes up is big boy football. They're the best two teams in the country by a mile, by a country mile. Steve said at the start, you know the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United will get a lot of press and a lot of hype because people want someone else to come in and challenge but these are the best two teams and they showed it again today that first half we we just couldn't get a foothold in the game and it's easy to blame individuals like I said Milner's getting a lot of the stick but the midfield didn't work I don't think the attack worked and I, the defence wasn't working and Alisson was looking dodgy like literally every facet of our team in the first half with the exception of John Matip were way off, way off do the pace you, in that game. Uh, do you know something? I, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said there, but I genuinely thought, and I have, I kind of have to caveat this by saying, I thought City were really, really good, right? But every everything we tried, it, it was like everything I was watching and and taking into the consideration that City were really good. Everything I was watching from Liverpool was like, it was like they were trying to do something different, and it didn't work. And they didn't know how to revert, you know, because we've seen, look, City have come to Anfield and, and played at us at the Etihad and in Europe or wherever, numerous, how many times in the last four or five years, right? And we know what we're going to get. City know what they're going to get and Liverpool know what they're going to get. And usually they just say, right, I tell you what, we're going to play both airway and you're going to play yours. And it's usually a moment of madness or a moment of genius that decides the game, right? But today I felt that Liverpool I was looking going, what are we trying to do here? And it, it was just like we were stuck in gear. We couldn't we couldn't turn, you know, we couldn't even put it into reverse to go back and say, right, let's go back to the force 15. We just seemed caught and City, were, I, and City were on top of us. It was it was a strange one to watch for me for, for that half an hour. Yeah. And like, I don't know, before I get to Steve Grizz, I'll come back to you. You just wanted half time and you knew you weren't going to come out that bad in the second half. You just knew it. You yeah. just wanted half time and that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was 
the biggest sigh of relief because you just know the caliber of Klopp as a coach, he will not allow that to happen again in that second 45. Because as you say, the dominance in that coming to the end was 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 total, basically. Um, see, I, I, I slightly disagree with Keith in terms of um, we, in terms of that we made City look better than they were. I think that was City continuing from their performance against Chelsea. I think they, I think they deployed the same tactics near enough. It's just that, it's just that our, I don't know, I don't know what I put it down to. Maybe, maybe our resolution, mental strength, just kept, the, the crowd just kept us in it, just kept us going. Because that, that first forty-five minutes would have put a lot of teams away, a lot of teams, because they were they were dominating. And I think, and I think we, you know, because we saw certain clips of Klopp shouting, "Be braver! We're not brave enough." It was just a case of none of our six, seven. I think even even Fabinho, six, seven players not being able to receive the ball under pressure like they were able to. I thought Silva and. Um, um, Grealish in the, and Foden in that respect were a total different level to us in the first half. But coming in at 45 minutes, I thought it was a Gav, it's like a victory. Yeah. Honestly, it felt yeah. like a victory. Like we're, going, we're nil nil, clean slate. We will not be that fucking bad again. And and and, and that's exactly what happened. Well, <clears throat> well, Ramel says here in the super chat, he says, um, a great game, lads. I still think we have problems defensively in our midfield, especially when we lose the ball in transition. I also think Hendel's a bit off. Feels like a great point, but two points dropped too. I know where he's coming from because you go twice ahead. And, Steve, I'm going to come to you about how you felt at half-time, right? Because, and also how you felt about how it was going in midfield because you've already touched on, you know, you haven't got an out-and-out striker in the side or if you, or the striker that you do have isn't playing up front if you get me um, yeah. and, and I'm looking at our midfield and I have to be honest with you I thought our midfield was appalling today alright and again I, some of that is down to City being really good but I, I look at I thought I felt a bit sorry for Fabinho um, because I thought I thought Curtis Jones got a bit of a lesson today in the actual levels that you have to get to in my opinion I think he's a really really good player he was unbelievable during the week in Europe but this was another level again I think he kind of found that today I thought Henderson was poor that's it he was just poor I think in his cover in the Milner um, poor um, you know and, and this idea of him trying to get forward up the pitch because it is something that Liverpool are trying to do with their midfielders I don't know how much it's not that it's not suiting him but I just don't know if, if, if he's got into that rhythm yet because he has been out for a bit but I thought he was overall poor and Fabinho for me suffered because of it because he is looking at these two players that are going you're not doing what you usually do and most of the team weren't but you're not doing what you usually do and Fabinho's trying to be here and he's trying to be there and it made Fabinho look a bit ragged but what did you think of the midfield battle and what was your thoughts at half time because there's no no doubt in my mind Steve at half time you thought oh, we should be one up here. We have to be ahead after being that dominant. Well, Rodri has been immense for us this season. I mean, he's he's really growing into the um, the Manchester City midfield. Last few years, there was doubts about him whether he could he could do that role. And um, at the end of the day, he he was great today. Bernardo gives us the energy in there. Kevin De Bruyne, to be honest, was um, a little bit sloppy. He looked tired, a little bit leggy. But one thing I will say about City, when Grealish 
plays that false nine, he doesn't press high enough or fast enough for me. I thought Van Dijk and Matip had it quite easy in the first half, knocking it between the cells and bringing it out. When I don't know if you noticed, when we brought Sterling on, we I think he improved us. I think Sterling was putting it on him a little bit and I think they, they couldn't get too close to him because Sterling has got that touch and can be away. Whereas with Grealish, he's a bit... I don't know, he just jogs around a little bit, you know what I mean? He's better on the left, he can have a breather every now and then. When he's got a press from the front, he doesn't get time to breathe and I think he was tired today. But at half-time, it was the same old thing. Um, the City end was like, we're going to hammer these and get beat because that's how it was looking. It happened in Paris on, on the other night. We played fantastic, got beat 2-0 and you're looking at yourself thinking, how did that happen? And then when, when, when Salah slides in Mane and they score, you're just thinking, wow, because the atmosphere turned up to 200, 300 decibels then. And that's when we usually fall flat. Guardiola's getting rattled in the dugout because Milner's kicking people. And and, and then I thought, we've lost our heads, but we didn't. You know what I mean? We stuck to the game plan. And um, we, we ended up coming out of it with a point, which is a very, very good point at a place we never get a point. But at half time, yeah, it was same old city. We, we're, we're going to um, we're going to throw it all away here. We just but the striker situation is really frustrating for me because I know that these crosses coming in the box, these pullbacks coming to the edge of the box, there's just nobody can put it in, and it's like it's crazy, it's crazy, it's just crazy. I mean, he must know. Everyone knows we need a striker, and if we get a striker, I think that separates us a little bit from you, and I think it takes us up a little bit more than you. But at the minute, we're doing really well. But we need a striker. He's got to have someone lined up in January because we can't. Why is, why is he not going with Hayseals? Sorry if I cut across here. Why is he not playing Hayseals through the middle? Like, why is he going with Hayseals are wide and then nobody central when Hayseals is a, a sort of central striker? It seems like he's converted him from being a centre forward to a wide player when they need a centre forward. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it something that they, they just don't, you don't see them doing going forward? No, I mean, for Brazil, um, Jesus plays wide. And from last season, Grizz will tell you on the big six, I was told that Jesus isn't then going to play wide this season. I 100% think that Harry Kane was lined up and they were told Guardiola to not worry about it, it will be done. And I think he's relaxed and not worried about it. And it's fell through at the last minute. And he's fought shit. And I don't think he's happy with it because he's trying to squeeze um, round pegs into square holes. He's tried Sterling there. He's tried Foden there. He's tried Ferran Torres there. This is in the first five, six weeks of the season. So it, it seems to me that that position is a big worry for him. And, and some of the games we've been in, like Southampton at home, they park the bus. But usually if you've got a, a recognised striker, we create that many chances, one of them goes in. We just didn't have the key to pick the lock. And I think against teams like Liverpool and Chelsea, who they think they can match you because they're a good side like you, they're going to come at you a bit. We get our chance. But against the smaller teams, they're going to shut up shop. And that's when you need your, your Agueros. That's where you need your, your Mo Salas, your striker that's going to put the ball in the net. And that's my only fear for City at the minute. It's it's you know people are telling me in the chat here that the heart bleeds for you, uh, Steve Man City not being able to sign a striker. But in fairness, <laughs> what I would say is that in all that transfer stuff, you know, I, I think City were absolutely all over Kane and and to the point of nearly tapping him up by some of the comments coming out of the club. But I think Kane screwed you over 
And I think Kane screwed you over to protect his his um his ego and his um legacy at Tottenham Hotspur. And I said it all the way through this, and the lads, Grizz and Keith will tell you, I said this on numerous occasions. Harry Kane should have went to Tottenham Hotspur and said, look, the, the, there's a hundred million quid on the table. I think I should be allowed to leave and I want to leave. I want to win trophies and I want to do this, that and the other. And I think I can do it at Manchester City. And in the end, he didn't. In the end, I think it was all, I think it was from the Harry Kane side of things. I think it was done with Manchester City. It was just a case of getting Daniel Levy to take the hundred million fee. And I think in the yeah. end, Kane looked at it and went, his ego and his legacy of sports got the better of him. And he said no. And I, I'd be surprised if they ever got back in from there. Um, because I think it's Harry no, Kane no, that no. I, I think I think it's Harry Kane that's done Manchester City, not Tottenham Hotspur, by saying a hundred million quid isn't happening. Because if Harry Kane wanted to be a Manchester City player as of the thirty first of August when the window closed, he could have been. He could have pushed that, and he could have been. And Daniel Levy, as as pig headed as he is, I think would have turned around and went, "Listen, I can't turn down a hundred million. The player does not want to play for us. He's publicly said it now to every sports fan on this planet that he doesn't want to play for us. We're in COVID. We've taken out loans against this stadium that's cost us a billion quid and we can't put anybody in it. And he could have, he could have absolutely made it happen. And I can't see them going back now because I think Harry Kane is the one that done it to see, not, um, not Tottenham Hotspur. And I've been dying to say that to you for ages, Steve. And um, because but you know, it really but you know this method of Kane walked away from that. And people went, Oh, look at this. Um, look at him. He said the fans kept him. Fuck, we just stop it. Go on, Chris. You know, we're talking about sort of this method of playing without a striker because he, he hasn't got a striker. Do you think do, but but do you think do you think they dominate a game? like this in terms of the midfield areas if they have a striker because i think his game plan has evolved into literally having five, five yeah five across the five or six yeah, yeah. five or six across there right cuz i know we're not into heat maps <laughs> as such but i would it would be interesting to see a heat map if if I, I'll probably check one later on to see how many times, Steve, that was actually players in the 18-yard box, even though you had all that domination. So, yes, absolutely, you bossed it. But sometimes it can look like an optical illusion, if you know what I mean, because you've got extra two bodies in there every time. against. And I know Liverpool fans gave so much shit to our midfield today, including me. Like, including me, I was giving so much shit to our midfielders. Like, they were awful in that first 45 minutes. But when when the real football man in me sits down and thinks about it and analyses it, I was thinking, you know, that's exactly his game plan. He strangles teams. And we know that's his best form of defending as well, to just literally keep the ball away from the opposition. Now, the moment we managed to be brave in the second half, I know, Gav, so you probably want to get into the second half, we find we started finding pockets of space, so I think as much as um, you know you dominated, I still think it. Ch- if you had a target man, a striker, it changes the way your midfield sets up, Steve, and then it encourages other teams to have more of the ball. If you know what I mean, so it, it, it's a, it's a difficult one. Sorry, um, there is a bit of an echo coming from Steve's side. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to knock him off and on as we need him. All right, it's just an echo when people are talking coming out of Steve's end. So I'm just going people to, blame uh, me as usual. Well, it usually you. is you. In fairness, um, yeah, come on, money was definitely I've on. Got professional <laughs> setup, yeah, my money. I've, I've, this I've, room I'm in, this room I'm in is massive. Echoes, yeah, yeah. man. Oh, I've um. 
I've I've lost a few. Did quid the shape buy you that property? Did it was great. But I um but look in into the second half and you know my feelings on it come when half time came. I'm in WhatsApp groups with Liverpool fans and I'm like what the fuck is going on here? Like Kieran Thorne says there, the first sign of bravery came from Robertson and the press on Walker Silva and Kevin De Bruyne resulting in a corner. Picked up the crowd and got us into half time and and I think. He's right in what he's saying there because I just felt at half time we're in no way we're going to be that bad in the second half. There's not a fucking chance we're going to be that um we're going to be that um passive, I suppose, or or second guessing ourselves, we're going to absolutely go for this. And when you look when you look at it, start of the second half, like Keith I come to you, um no changes made. But you, you just know they're coming out and there's just no way that there's going to be a re- repeat of what we've just seen for the last 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, oh, getting them in a halftime was so, so important because um, we were just waiting at the races and you knew he was going to put a rock up. The was watching it here and my missus said it to him. She goes, what's he going to say to them in there? I said, say they'd be bleeding, kicking water bottles and everything all over the place because they were terrible. And when I said, I don't think we made, I thought we made City look good. I think City were surprised at how poor we were. And I think that affected them in a way. You know, I think they expected us to be better in the first half as well. Second half comes, Kieran's right. You get that little little bit of impetus from Robbo doing a press. And that's all we needed today was something like that. Second half, we come out we're much better. Uh, I think um, the... Uh, Jota, I think, has a couple of chances, doesn't he, early in the second half, and that sort of picks the crowd up. The crowd are going a bit a bit mad. And you could just tell it was different from the very start. You know, I was surprised to see maybe Milner coming out for the second half. The fact that he's on a yellow card and he's just getting put on toast all for the first half. I was genuinely thought we might have saw Joe Gomez coming out there, but he sticks with it. And... It, it is much better. And, you know, it's one thing Jürgen Klopp, he doesn't tend to throw his players under a bus. And I think he trusts that they can walk their way um, out of a problem. And I think Milner certainly improved in the second half. I think City... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Maybe we're a bit, I don't know, a bit shocked. As Steve said, you know, sometimes the crowd can pick it up a bit and same old, same old, but their players seem to realise that right, Liverpool are now involved in this game and they surrendered possession a bit to us in the second half. We were snapping into tackles. We were pressing, which we didn't do in the first half, and that gave us the chance. But we come out and it's like a, new, a totally different beast in that second half. And as the game has gone on, you know, we needed it. We needed um, the midfield players. As Grizz said, you know, everyone was critical of the midfield players. I thought Curtis Jones was awful in the first half, but I thought even from the start to the second half, he started trying to get on the ball and move it forward. We know he's not a defensive-minded player. He's a forward-thinking midfielder. Henderson was atrocious, and he was starting to get on the ball. Fabinho was starting to get on the ball. They were starting to win the tackles, and you just sensed from the start to the second half that it was going to be a better performance. And the crowd reacted to that. And Steve was there and he'll probably confirm that. You know, once the the second half are getting a few chances, the crowd are getting up and then we get the goal. 
and the crowd reacted to it and we needed it because we were so poor in that first half to get out and just to get the early chances that we did in the second half, it lifted everyone and the performance just grew from there. It needed a lift because like, we talk about leaders in this side and there's loads of them. But like I'm looking at two in particular would be Henderson and Fabinho. And, and I'm looking at that last half an hour, that first half, and I'm saying to myself, are either these not opening their mouth and saying, lads, whatever we're trying here is simply not working. You know, we're being outnumbered. Like Grizz makes a great point about City literally getting five, six bodies in that middle tour and looking to to overrun you and then break from there and see see what you can do. Is nobody turning around and saying this is not working? And it must have been said at half time because Liverpool come out and look like Liverpool. They come out. There's tempo. They're, they're moving fast. They're snapping into tackles. They're getting up and down wings. They're getting in people's faces. And I'm not saying Liverpool just come out and be physical and and that's what they do. They play really, really good football, Liverpool. But but part of them being able to play really good football is the fact that they're in your face. They're physical. They're going to work you. They're going to move the ball a lot quicker. And that's what they've done. Um, and I, I want to go. I want to go into the goals because there's four of them and there's a bit to get through in them. And Grizz, I'm going to come to you first because Sadio Mane opens opens the scoring on the 59th minute. Um, great move by Salah. Um, gets away down the right wing, cu- cuts in slightly. His pace takes him away from the city midfield, and it's a nice little move um, by Mane to get across the front of the defender, and it's a good finish. Um, I want to ask you what you think of that. Um, what you think of the goal, and did it come out of the blue of you? And I want to follow that up by going to Steve and what he thinks of it because I, I have a little issue with Man City on this one. Um. Came out of the blue, possibly, but as Keith, uh, we've all said, and Keith said, like second half was was far more. I don't know what the word is, snappier from mm. us. Yeah. Like everything, what we done was quicker. So the press was quicker, the passing was quicker. You know, in their faces more. Um, I think we. I think I don't think like Steve said in the first half we played so many long balls into channels. I don't think we done that in the second half. I think we started fizzing the ball into midfield. We were braver. And when I mean braver, I don't mean sort of going into tackles and head 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 first challenges, whatever. I mean on the ball, being able to receive the ball. And it was a bit of it was a patient play that enabled Salah to get the ball at his feet up against Cancelo. Because in that first half, Cancelo didn't cross the halfway line. Like he he literally and and Salah, and I know a lot of people are slating Henderson for not helping out Milner. I don't think Salah helped much as well. But I think, again, that was bravado from the managers, Gav. I think Klopp said, fine, we'll risk it. I want you isolating Cancelo every possible chance you have. And it was probably the first time in the game that he managed to isolate him where Rodri couldn't get across. And I think he skins, he just he sort of, he skins, he, he skips the ball over Cancelo when he's gone. And when Salah's cutting in like that, you either take a yellow card or you let him go. And, and they let him go. And the timing of the Mane run was finally perfect because he'd been trying to do that run forever in that first half. And he just wouldn't get past, who's your right centre-back? Diaz, isn't it? He just yeah, he wouldn't be able to get past your right centre-back. But this time he gets right across Gav and, and Salah sees that the timing of the pass is brilliant. And the finish, we've seen, Mar- <laughs> we've seen Sadio Mane. Oh, really struggled with his finishing last few weeks. I mean, he scored a couple of tap-ins and a couple of scrappy goals, whatever. But this was the old Sadio Mane. He didn't have to do much. One touch, instinctive bang. He knew, you know, didn't have to think about it. Just one touch and shoot. And that's when you find Sadio Mane is best. 
Um, Similar to Norwich, wasn't it, Grizz? Was it Norwich in the first day? It just comes into him and he smacks it. No thinking. You know, Do you know what I mean? No Instinct. thinking. No, no, absolutely. Burnley at home. Burnley, was it? Burnley, Burnley, sorry. Yeah. But it was Burnley, yeah. But but again, it's all about that run. And we've we've seen that run from the opposites. Like, we've seen Salah do that run for, for, for season upon season now, haven't we? And Mane coming in and finding that pass. This time, it was beautiful to see... Mohamed Salah, who often gets criticised for not being able to do anything apart from just score goals, which is quite unique, if you ask me. But he's able to create something out of nothing. Because as you say, Gav, it was kind of something out of nothing. It was just a moment of individual brilliance and then finding the right pass at the right time. I said the two centre-backs of Man City, well, the one thing they struggle with is movement and pace. And that was a, a prime example of it. Steve, I'm going to bring you in because I, the issue I have with Man City in this goal is, well, I've no issue with the goal. I'm a Liverpool fan. I was fucking delighted, I'm going to be honest. But the the, the issue I have looking at um, the, that goal is Salah's brilliant for it because the touch on the sideline is great. His pace is great and the angle he runs at no one can go near him. But I have a little bit of an issue, I think, with your centre-half and maybe the goalkeeper as well. Um because Mane doesn't make a mad darting move. He actually he's in front of the defender and he just kind of changes the way he's running. And he looks so slow to react to it. And I, I thought your keeper was slow in coming out as well. Did, did you think that more in the goal? Did you think he's being left there for no reason? And the keeper doesn't do an awful lot for me. Yeah, I mean, Salah's move on the touchline. Um, obviously, if I'm Cancelo, I'm just rattling him there. I'm just, I'm just rattling him or gripping him or something. But he come in and, and the ball to, to Mane was great. Yeah, Diaz was left in no man's land. He, he seemed to be well off the plate. But the thing that I think with Diaz, he overthinks a lot of things because he's trying to do every man's job. He's one of these like lieutenants who thinks he, 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 he does everyone's job. And sometimes he just needs to do his own job. Mm-hmm. So he was probably thinking of Mano, uh, sorry, of um, Salah going to come running at him. So he didn't know whether to go to him or watch Marnie. So he thought it was in no man's land. And then when, when Salah switched to play, he's left him a yard behind. And then obviously, yeah, Edison probably could have come out quicker, but it was a great finish. To be it was fair. a good finish, I'll say that much. It was a great finish. He, he, I was right behind it and, and, and he rattled it in. So I've got no, not a lot of complaints. I mean, Ruben Diaz is massive to everything that we do. Do you know what I mean? And he does have them little lapses, but... I'm not going to get on his case for that. Same with Messi the other night for Paris. Laporte was caught in no man's land. He didn't know whether to go with the runner or go with Messi because Messi jinked his shoulder one way. Laporte spun his body thinking Messi was sliding someone in. Then Messi took a touch to his left, which left Laporte lopsided and then he curled it in the top corner. So it is what it is. But um, no, I'm just going to say it was a great goal. And Mo Salah, you just... I, I just I don't understand why some of these people go on about Mo Salah like he's not an absolute world-class player. The guy's dangerous. Every time he gets the ball, you know something's going to happen with him. And, and and obviously, we're going to touch on that second goal in a minute, but it's just ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. He is. He's a ridiculous player. And, um you know, you're a Man City fan saying that, and you get a lot. You get a lot of fans of opposition clubs that will say, "Ah, oh, no, well, what about this? What about that?" And I'm kind of going, "What about what?" You know, he's won a league title, he's won a European Cup, and he's fucking. Four, this is his fifth season, and he, if he keeps going on the way he's going on, he'll, he'll do 30 to forty goals this season. You know, he's he's just outrageous. Um, 
Keith Liverpool make it one nil and and you know after such a dodgy kind of end to the first half and a much more improved start to the second half, Liverpool done what City couldn't do in the first half by capitalising. You know, and, and getting that yeah. goal and saying, right, we've had a bit of, you know, I'm not talking about pulling City apart, but being much more in their face, playing air football, playing air tempo, trying to make air mark on this game. And we take advantage. We do take advantage and we're a really good goal. But, but City equalise and, um, as good as Mane's goal is, and, and I'm annoyed at Liverpool for this goal, but I have to be honest with you, Phil Foden is a fucking ridiculous footballer. He's a ridiculous. You know what? Player. He took his touch. That touch he took. <clears throat> he took it. It was a bit heavy. He pushed yeah. it a bit wide, but he, he he just spun his body that much, put it in. And tell you what, Phil Foden is he's unbelievable. And 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 I spoke spoke to a Liverpool fan coming out, and he said, just as we thought we got rid of Leroy Sane, because Leroy Sane always had a good game against Liverpool. He went, now you've just got Phil Foden who's took his place. And I thought, yeah, well, fair play. We needed somebody to have a good game against Liverpool. But he did. He, he had Milner all day today. He was sucking him in left, right, and centre. But Phil Foden, um, he's he's just he's just a fantastic talent. You know what I mean? He carries on the way he's going, and it's going to be one of the best in the world. Well, AS supposed to be in the man you were speaking to coming out of Anfield because he says <laughs> I thought I saw the back of an annoyingly oh, yeah. in Sane <laughs> in these games, but see even other unfolding. Mo Salah, though, unbelievable. Um, I'll give a bit of credit though to. To Jesus, because he come in from the from the right, come right across, and he and he played a nice pass through to him. You know what I mean? And and, and Gabriel's everyone like was laughing at me because I called him Jesus, but it's a Mancunian thing. He's the only Jesus in my life, so he is Jesus to me. You know what I mean? But he um, no, he did he did well, and um, the the goal and and, it, and what what that goal did, it shut the crowd up. It shut the crowd up because the place was bouncing from the rafters, man, and. Um, it shut them up like bump, and I thought, right, this is it now. They're, they're not as confident because they've seen us score now. They're not as confident, and 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 and. Uh, but it was one of them games. It was just I come in and Mrs was like, "Are you happy?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm happy." I was like, "It just I just enjoyed the game today. Everything about it, the atmosphere, the bit of touchline, spat pep, couple of dodgy yellow cards." Defending goals, Bernardo Silva running, it just had everything for me, you know what I mean? And that's what football's about for me. But today was just and I don't and a lot of Liverpool fans are going a bit hard on Liverpool. But I found that the Chelsea fans did that last week, saying, Oh, Tuchel set them up negative, this, that, and the other. It's not negative. When that Manchester City team are playing like that and keeping the ball, you can only play one way because if you start to come out and try to be gung-ho. They're gonna. They're just gonna rip you apart. So you can only. You've got to be patient. I'd say patient. And Liverpool were patient. They got to half time, realized what they needed to do, got the noses in front, and obviously City came back. Chelsea couldn't do that last week. You have to be brave, and Chelsea didn't want to be brave. They just wanted to be very cautious. Liverpool, I thought coming out in the second half, they thought, you know what, let's have a little bit of a goal, and and they did. And, and all credit to them. All credit, but like. The- we we'll, we'll, when we get to the end, we will talk on our on our feelings after the game and and overall. But like Keith, I'm I'm annoyed that like Jesus makes a nice room. I'm not going to call him Jesus. I have a Jesus in my life, so I have to call him Jesus. Picture <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of him on the wall yeah, there, yeah, and yeah. top of the man. Sure, I fucking do two decades of the rose before I come on to most yeah. pods. But um, 
like he, he he makes an intelligent run inside because he's keep oh, a yeah. he's keeping the ball and and he's he's coming towards his own players looking for options, you know. And I'm annoyed, Keith, because I'm saying to myself, you just just hit him. Now we're saying that an awful lot in this podcast. He should have hit him. He should have hit him. And but it, but it's true, Keith. There's a couple of players there. I think Jones, Fabinho, just hit him. And and because it's in such a confined space, if you hit him there, you'll probably get a free. You won't get a yellow because he's not on the break. You, you know, he's in a confined space. Yeah. You, you can genuinely go for the ball and, you know, may hit him on the ball and get a free against you. That's fine. But having said that, Keith, the touch from Foden is not great. But do you know what reminded me of the finish? And it's not it's not exactly the same, but it's it's Michael Owen at Cardiff away, uh, or not away, in the cup final in 2001. Yeah. It's the only spot Foden can put it to be Allison. Yeah. And I'll tell you how good Great it is. Show. When he hits it, Allison nearly not pulls his hand away from it, but nearly looks at going, fuck. That is just ridiculous. You can even see in Allison's body language. It's yeah. right in the against the bottom of the post Keith. It's a brilliant really? finish. You just you can't although you can give out about the, the tackling or non tackling, it's just a fucking proper finish. Yeah, it's a great finish. You know, any you know, if your forward is doing that, you're raving about it. He's a he's a talent, Phil Foden. But you're right. There's there's one place he can hit that ball to get past Allison, and it's gone past him in a light. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't have a chance. And the angle, as uh, Steve said, he's moving away. The touch is heavy. He's making the angle harder for himself. But he's a player that's a confidence player, and he doesn't give a shit about that. There's no fear of him, you know, trying to set it again. It's like, right, that's the ball. That's where it is. There's the goal. I'm going to just, I'm going to mill that across. But it was weird because it was about 25 minutes into the second half and Man City got that. And I didn't feel there was, you know, it, it was out of the blue nearly that City get the goal. You know, we were on top of them and they did so much of the domination in the first half and didn't create the chances. Whereas this, and that's what was worrying me was, right, after pulling this one out of nowhere, shut the crowd up. The the place was on wheels at that stage, and then all of a sudden, bang, they get that goal and were you know silenced. But he's such an intelligent player, Phil Foden, and to just be able to do that at a young age, you know, he was right. We used to see Leroy Sane and sweat be pumping out of you because you knew what you were going to get off. And Phil Foden is that now as well. And these little runs will happen. They'll score against us again, and it'll be every time he plays against Liverpool, he scores, and he'll be licking his lips. Do you know what I mean? Because whether it's Trent in there or Milner, Trent gives up uh, chances as well for a, a left-sided forward because he, he goes forward and he doesn't always get back. So I think Foden will be looking at, at us every year. That'll be the first one he's looking for because he'll be saying, right, I'll chalk up a couple of goals. There's a goal bonus for me now because players get into that psyche of, I love playing against. We had Mane against Crystal Palace um, when he said he scored in 9 of 11 or something against Palace and he just knows. And Foden's going to be like that with us, unfortunately. Yeah, you know what? He is one of those players, but Foden's going to be like that for most teams. You know, I think if you find the right right position for him game to game because he's he's so flexible if you find the position right position from game to game he's going to hold play teams and players he hurt Milner today and but he's going to hold players um now Grizz, I'm going to let you go with this first of all um James Milner um now the screams for a second yellow I've read somewhere that the referee gives the free against Jordan Henderson yeah and yeah, the Milner thing happens after, so that's why the yellow isn't given. 
which puts a different spin in it. Pep's having an absolute another breakdown over this. But that might explain it, because under no circumstances, Chris, is is James Milner making that tackle and not being sent off. Because uh, now, having said that, if the ref turned around and went, no, he's going down under the under the Bernardo Silva, wasn't it? He's going down underneath the underneath the Henderson challenge. Milner just happens to fucking be, you know, a second impact. Fine. But he's absolutely blessed, Chris. He's absolutely blessed not to be te- not to be red carded. Yeah, literally, there's no other. Um, I can't give Jesus, another side. Jesus to it. blessed him. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Jesus blessed him. Look, all you can look. You've made a, a, a very able excuse, or what no, that's, I'm not making an excuse. That's just something I read before we. Yeah, came. yeah. I mean, I, I just put it down to look how players can get caught up in a moment of a game with a crowd and the players and everything. For example, we discussed Curtis Jones not being able to get into the game and getting over by the crowd. And Referees are human as well. It happens. And I genuinely think the referee lost it there for a second. He, he, he wasn't in control of his thought process there. I just think, I think that was at the, what was the score at the time? It was, one, one. it was 1-1, one, 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 wasn't it? And yeah. Was it one-one? Yeah, because, it was because he makes they the got mad on the goal. They he he makes a tackle. It's a yellow card. Or Henderson's given the free against him. They're going mad for the second yellow. The game goes on, and then literally Jones gets it, gives it to Salah. He scores because I think I think Bernardo Silva is booked after the Liverpool goal Pep, for the sent and about Bernardo the by Milner. Yeah. 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 yeah, and 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 it's interesting because Bernardo does a tactical foul later on as well yeah. on a yellow, and that's not Little, given yeah. either. But that's not talked about, obviously. But there's no getting away from it. Absolutely got away with one there. That could have been a game changer. You know, we don't know. You know, we, we often discuss 10 men can be far more difficult to play against, whatever, whatever. But yeah, you just put it down to sort of, we've discussed the refereeing to death, isn't it? It's inadequate refereeing. I mean, even as Liverpool fans, we, we know that's a yellow. You know, it's blatant trip. Stopping a player from, from progressing like blatantly. In terms of it's not a 50-50 challenge where you can dispute if it's a yellow or not. But when someone goes past you and you trip him up, that's a yellow card in every level of the game. You're on mute, Steve. No, it's okay. I have my mute. Oh. Don't worry. Well, you um, mentioned the other night to, to everybody to back Milner for a yellow card. Yeah. And, and he got the yellow card. But my bet I had today for £2,500 was Cancelo to be booked, Milner to be booked, I was waiting on Rodri for two and a half grand and Rodri oh, was kicking yeah. a few people and I was like, book him. Steve was willing for Rodri to give away a pen and a, and a, and a yellow card <laughs> yeah. just for a few quid. I like that. Right. I like That's that. Crazy. But um, Grizz, I'll stay with you because the red card doesn't happen. Um, you know, we, we've seen some reason behind it. David Newell says there, the foul was given against Hendo, not Milner. Silva was already going down from the Hendo foul. That's why Milner never got sent off. So that makes Fair a bit enough. of sense. All right. Um, but I still think he's blessed because Milner doesn't know that. Not when he hits him, he doesn't know him. And um, it's one of those where you get, I think, I still think we get away with him, um, just by the skin of our teeth. But I'm going to stay with you, Grizz, and everyone's going to have a word on this. And I know Steve will even be generous in, in, in talking about this. That goal from Mo Salah, and I tweeted earlier, that goal from Mo Salah puts the end of the debate with him or Suarez at Liverpool for me. Um, because he goes down as an all-time great um, for me, Salah, because he's absolutely ridiculous. And 
And I think we're at the stage now, Grizz, where we're at the stage with Mo Salah where I think Barcelona were a couple of years ago, Lionel Messi, where you just you just give him. Not give him what he wants, because I think that's a ridiculous statement to make. But you need to pay the man, and you need to say, he's 31 when this contract ends, I think. Um, yeah, I think about 31. And we're going to extend, say, for three years, right, to 34, 35, say. Do it. Because when I look at this player, I just say to myself, he's not relying on his pace as much as people actually think he does. And he's just out of this world. He's the best player in the Premier League by a fucking mile, in my opinion. Right? I think he's and, the best in the world at the and, moment. And probably, yeah, I'm probably down at the moment as the best in the world. And that goal today, Grizz, was just... <laughs> he just had players falling all over the shop. It was like there were snipers taking cunts out. Right? It was like literally everywhere he turned, there was fellas just falling. It was like Warzone, right? Not me playing because I can't shoot anybody in it. Yeah. But a really good player of Warzone, just taking fellas out while Mo Salah just... Bates through the place and what a fucking finish if Foden's was good that was as good yeah you can't touch him man you can't touch him he's just his control close control and twist and turn he, he, in, in tight spaces is unbelievable and then even I thought well they've pushed him a little bit wider so there's no way he's scoring from there and where I was I was row four at the side of the net where the ball hit that net so it was right in my eye line and, and how how he poked that to into that corner was just world class. I mean, he's just the guy's world class. I mean, I'd give me a left arm to have him there. We, 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 I'd have any of your front three at ours. We need someone like that. But him, he's just unbelievable. He's unbelievable, and he deserves all the, the credit. You know what I mean? And 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 you, there's not what you can do. You, even anyone in the city, and we just looked at each other and went, "What a goal! What a goal!" And we knew. And if that goal beats you, like Messi's the other night, if it beats you, you've just got to stand up, put your hands in the air and go, we got beat by a, a, a class football. And, and, and fortunate for us, we went and got, got one back. But um, no, I've got to take my hat off to him. And at the minute, I can't, I, I can't argue with him. He probably is the best player in the world at the minute. The guy, when he plays the Liverpool play, and, and, and he's just ridiculous. I, you know, we took... <laughs> You know, we often talk about Barclays moments. You know, there's been so many, and we and there's been, you know, Aguero's come to mind, and and um, nothing else comes to my mind at the moment. But you know what I mean, oh, right? Barclays moments. moments. One, one yeah. moment, one moment in nine years, you're flying here. Yeah, no, because like, I think we can call them moments if there's yeah, only it's one. Just only one. Well, yeah. well, I tell you why. I tell you why because this has overtaken my emotions in terms of moments, and. All week I spoke about how good this Man City team is. And I wasn't blowing hot air up their ass because we were playing them. And Steve knows this. I said it on the big six to everyone. I said, respect this team. We are a crack outfit, and but so are they. And this wasn't done. Mo Salah, what Mo Salah done in that second half, people, wasn't against your Burnley or Southampton at home. And he thought, all right, let's just raise the... Put, you know, let's just light the switch and then let's go second half. Let's raise it. This is, and I've said it, this is probably the best team in the world along with us, you know, either 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 one of us. These are world-class players that he literally tore to shred in that second half. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm willing to say near enough single-handedly because as good as Mane's goal was, I don't think he was brilliant again. No, as wasn't. good as Jota's, as Jota's industry, industrious he was, Industry. I don't think he was. Yeah, I don't think he was brilliant. 
Bobby, when he came on, was awful. Sad, Mohamed Salah, guys, there was often times when Stevie G decided, oh, fuck off. I'm not having this. Do you remember when he turned around in the second half against, help me out, Keith. Um, when he turned about Salah? In, in, in Europe, Stevie G, when he turned around at halftime and he went and scored a hat-trick in the second half on his Marseille, own. Marseille, was it? No. It was at home. It was a champ. It was a European Napoli, night, someone in the Europa League. Napoli, Napoli yeah. that's it. There you go, Quizmaster. <laughs> this was on that level, but on another level because of the opposition. And as Gav says, people on the floor they weren't ordinary players. This was Bernardo Silva, who has had a for me probably was man of the match. You know, I thought he was yeah. unplayable at times. I thought he was unplayable at times. We're talking about Cancelo. For me, one of the best fullbacks in Europe. We're talking about Laporte. And then we're talking about Edison. You know how often we talk about our defence and how hard it is to get through Fabinho? And then you're faced with a fucking Robertson or a Virgil or whatever. And mm. then you're faced with an Allison. This brother collects the ball, players around him. And one of the most irritating things that you hear about or frustrating things that you hear about um, Mohamed Salah's criticism is... He's not very good technically. He's not a great dribbler. Go yeah. and watch that goal and sit down. I think so take a seat because because that first drag he does that drag back the roll yeah. the roll that's that's calmness personified in a tight area, and it was very similar to the to the Spurs goal. Do you remember, guys? He scored no, a similar it's to the Spurs yeah. goal. But th- I was going to say that was in my is- head as well, Grace. Yeah, that was in my head as well. But this is even better, Keith. (laughs) And and, and as as Steve says, that right-footed, it was a blast from his right foot. So he's shown his development that everyone talks about, oh, he cuts in and he puts it in. He's shown he can do both now. And that will make defenders shit themselves even more because every defender started showing him inside. Sorry, outside. Go outside, go outside. They won't be showing him outside now. Because they know he can do that. And some people were criticising Edison, but it was gone before he had a chance to raise his hands. Yeah, he no was chance. an absolute bullet. No, they, they show... They show it was a Barclays moment. They show, they show a Barclays... It's the second Barclays the moment. The second since one. 2000 <laughs> and, um, since 2012. Um, yeah. But the thing about it is, is that... And you're right what you say, you know... Is he technically this? Is he technically that? You know, he uses pace. He's very, he's direct. But if you watch the goal back and and like in fairness to him, the, the players he, he beats out like Bernardo Silva was brilliant today. I don't, I've no time for Bernardo Silva, um. But he was very, very good today. I thought really, really good. But when you watch him, the ball comes in, he bounces off a player, he takes it away, he takes another touch, um, and then it's just. He rolls it with his left foot and he's touched with his right foot. So nobody can go near him. Because he's touched with his right foot, nobody can touch him because he's put it away from an area of players. Now, they're struggling because they're all on the fucking ground looking at him. But then he breaks into the box and puts on his left foot. And immediately you see the defender thinks, and you're right what you're saying, the defender thinks when he puts on his left foot, he's going to go for that bend into the top corner which he's done on numerous occasions. And then he just drops the shoulder, a bit like he done to Kula Bali, if you remember, in, in, in the Champions League against Napoli. And he's done it at home to Watford very early in the game. I think it might have been 17, 18. And he just leaves them on the ground because not only is he fake well, but he has that burst where he's just gone past you. And even if you're the best defender in the world, or you're, you're one of the best defenders in the world, he's gone past you to the point where he only needs a millisecond now because he's that quick. 
and he's quicker thinking and the burst of speed and you know and then the finish like Steve said he's in row four he's looking at it and it's just the keeper hasn't a hope it's gone by him before he can even react and it actually licks the, the post on the way in as well that's how close it is but it's an absolutely wonderful goal and people would say it'd be fit to win a game possibly nine times out of ten but it, but it wasn't but uh, like if you're out there as a football fan, and I'm not only saying this Liverpool fans are, if you're out there as a football fan and you don't think Salah is possibly the best player in the world right now, I don't know what to do with you. I really don't because he just keeps turning up week after week after week and he's doing stuff where he's done something today that you just go, you're literally you're picking your jar up off the ground after it was ridiculous. But it's 2-1 to Liverpool. And you know what, Steve, we talked about it earlier. It, you, after the first goal there's men around you saying you know that's it the, the, the crowd are up and look if the crowd are up after the first day if the crowd are absolutely you know pulling the place down oh, yeah. after the second yeah. one because not only it's gone 2-1 but that sort of goal um, I'm not too impressed with Liverpool with the equaliser I think Joe Gomez doesn't get tight enough um, I think when the ball breaks out De Bruyne is there on his own where are our midfielders to break it down and then I feel a bit sorry for, for Matip but in fairness, De Bruyne is there. He hits it well. And like you said, Steve, earlier, it's just, it is a sign that there's something different maybe about City this season because I, I, I felt over the last season or two that City are quite easy to get. If you get the better of them over a certain amount of time in, in a game and you get ahead of them, I, particularly with Liverpool, I think you can get at them and you can hurt them. But fair play to them, Steve. They came back and, and they get that goal. A bit fortuitous at the end, but they get it. Yeah, there was a, a stat the other day, me and Briz was looking at, which was a mad one. I think City had only faced six shots in, in six games in the Premier League. Um, so the, we've been we've been good, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, it was good to see De Bruyne um, be there or thereabouts. I think he's very, very tired at the minute, Kevin. I don't think he's, anything he's trying is coming off. He's definitely not the De Bruyne from last season. So I think he needs a rest. Um but yeah, as soon as we got that goal, I knew then, I thought, we're not getting beat in this game. Maybe we can go and win it. I thought Sterling did all right. And I've been one of Sterling's, I've not criticised him as such. I've just said, he, for me, we, we can sell him because can, we yeah, don't can I, can I ask you that, just on a bit of a tangent? Where is Sterling's future? Because I get the feeling like he's being slowly phased out of Man City. Well, listen, if Pep's tried him in the nine, if all of a sudden he becomes the nine and he's doing well, then that's his position. Because he's definitely not getting in ahead of Foden. He's definitely not getting in ahead of Grealish. And I think Sterling, with his ego and that, he thinks, he, he well, he probably does deserve to be the main man somewhere. So, for me, um, you know, he's a great player and what he's done for Man City is brilliant and, and, and fantastic. But I just think Pep's trying to squeeze him in somewhere anywhere he can and it's not working I mean he came on today and I thought he was better at pressing and he and he put you on the back foot a little bit more than what Grealish did um, so today I can't say anything but going forward I think that if we can sell Sterling and invest the money in a striker position or even get two strikers that would suit us better because we've got we've got Ferran Torres can play on the left Grealish plays on the left Foden can play on the left we wouldn't Sterling's just sort of, you know, hanging about now. I don't know where he fits in. Yeah, it's a strange one. And, you know, there's no love lost for, for Raheem Sterling when it comes to Liverpool fans. And, and you know, 
some of that is justified. Some of it, in my opinion, is not. Um, I think he was led completely the wrong way by his agent over what he done and how he exited Liverpool and City took advantage of that. But when I look at it, I'm a, when I look at the way City tried to play today and they're trying to outnumber you by literally doing <coughs> more or less what a Spain used to do. Do you remember this four kind yeah. of six zero thing where yeah. they literally put it out as a four three three, but it was literally. F- Four six because they were just going to make that six players be a unit where they were going to win, overrun you, and then try breaking. I think Sterling's made for that. Um, I, I think if if you were to play, and I'm not look, I'm not a Man City fan, so I'm not, like oh, you know them better than me. But when I look around and, and, and you see like Grealish is going to play, Foden is definitely going to play. Ster- I'd have Sterling in as the third man. I really would, and I probably would put him through the middle, and I I just keep switching Foden and Grealish all the time, and I I just say. To, Sterling, you just keep pressing. The only thing that does it for him is his finishing. I think if he's a slightly better finisher, I think you'd probably see him in the nine a bit more. But there'd be no shortage of takers for um for Raheem Sterling if he if he was to leave Man City. But against Paris the other night, Kevin De Bruyne put up outside of the boot ball, pinpoint on his head, four yards from goal, and he hit the bar. And it's like in them games of that magnitude, if you're the main striker for Manchester City, that's got to be in. You know what I mean? And that's his decision-making. When he's off form, his decision-making is very poor. He takes too many touches. He tries to cut in the wrong way instead of the right way. Uh, and he just becomes a frustrated figure. But when it's going for him, you've obviously, you've had him at your place. When it's going for him, you know, he's he, he's quality. But I just think at the minute, it's not going for him. Um, he's not going to play second fiddle on the bench because he thinks he's better than that. He is better than that. But, you know, for me... Um, I, I, if we could sell him, I'd sell him. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, Owen Bork reckons if Kane had a sign for City, Sterling would have left. That's what his feelings on it. And maybe something would have come, but Sterling's on a lot of money. He's, yeah, he's, that's the problem. He's he's 26 years of age, is he? Is he around 26 years of age, Raheem Sterling? Uh, yeah, 26, 27, I yeah. think. Um, so he's in his prime. He has probably two big contracts left in him. And, and you know... It's 26. Involved. Yeah, it's all very well saying you want to sign Raheem Sterling, but he's on massive money at Manchester City. And, and then you have to go and pay him that. And then you have to pay the, the fee for him and stuff like that. And it, I don't know. Where, where does he end up? Well, this is the, this, that's a massive question. We, we asked that as well the other day. Where does he end up? Like... I said Arsenal. I think he's made for Arsenal. I mate. think he'd be fucking mad. Spores get man- mentioned a lot as well, don't they? And but I think I, I the two of them, they're not in a position to, no. to get him, I don't think. They're not attractive at the moment. No, Barca's they're not attractive. I have more money than Barcelona. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Um, no, 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 no. Watch them. Ne- I'm telling you, Barcelona. Yeah, well, that, that, there's, talk, there's talk of the, the being the, there's investment coming, isn't there? Um, into Barcelona to sort him out. But uh, it's an interesting one because every time Raheem Sterling's name comes up, you get a, you know, would 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 Liverpool fans take him back at Anfield? And, and it kind of splits no. opinion. Uh, I think it does split opinion a bit, Chris. I think it, it does, does, yeah. But I think I think there's too much water has passed under that bridge, um, for that to ever happen. It, Sport Chelsea are probably the only viable Chelsea, option Chelsea for probably, match wages. Yeah, yeah, Chelsea would be more of an option for me because Spurs are Spurs are going nowhere. Like they're just fucking treading yeah. water somewhere. And Arsenal, give me strength, will you? You know what I mean? <laughs> for fuck's sake, you want to be Don't off your rocker. Lad. You know what I mean? Um, and he's a much better player than Arsenal are at the moment. Um, you know, yeah. Arsenal have showed signs, but 
you know, they were dominated by a Brighton side there the, um, yesterday for me. Oh, but, don't start on my second team for no reason. Yeah, Why well, that, that, no that, reason. That's, that's, just, that's just the truth, you know. Um, but look, it's one of those. <laughs> but, you know, we have that incident at the end where Fabinho looks like he should oh. score, but it's a brilliant oh. tackle by Rodri, in fairness to him. That, that was, Steve, that was like, right. Yeah, I was going to say, you literally, well, yeah. you just. We we attempted to get, well we attempted to see a penalty and Rodri get booked or we attempted to jump on the pitch and tackle Fabinho yourself. Oh, I could I just once Edison missed it, it, it seemed to happen in slow motion, and he dropped to the feet of Fabinho, and I'm literally there, and I thought, wow, he's just rolling it in the empty net. We've dropped a right bollock, and then Rodri out of nowhere just blocked it. So I think we celebrated that in our end like it was a last minute win off because I think. It was a tremendous tackle, you know what I mean? And, and you think he could have hit a fourth time? Right. Say again. Do you think he could have hit a fourth time? Yeah, but I think he thought he had that much time, and if and he did, when you look at it, yeah. If he'd have lifted the ball higher instead of trying to roll it in, if he'd have lifted it two feet, it'd have got over Rodri's leg. He wouldn't have been able to block it. But yeah. listen, I I actually just came in and I saw the clip when I was on the Sky Sports News and. Um, and it was unbelievable. Just don't know how he got it. But yeah, that's when you know, yeah, it, 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 it's becoming our day. <laughs> well, I, but, it, I, but it, you know, Gav, it epitomised both both players, like in terms of Edison and Fabinho. Because Fabinho, you know, when he's when he's having an off game, he always seems a yard slower than he, he actually is, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And that was a case of just not doing things quicker. And Edison, I pre- I, 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 I don't know, I done a brilliant tweet um, during the game where where I where I spoke about not like you, not like you where, own tweets where I where I spoke about um, you know we we as Liverpool fans we often praise Allison's um, ability on the ball and I said I said it's not a patch on Edison as a goalkeeper as a goalkeeper Allison's the better goalkeeper Edison's overall. a footballer but Edison's ability on the ball is outrageous. Absolutely yeah. outrageous. But the reason... Oh, no, it's outrageous. <laughs> oh, but that's no, it. It's not just a boom. It's not just a boom. He passes it. Do you know oh, what no, I mean? The, he has best. his reputation by just having a cannon to play. I, 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 I went to Schalke. Yeah. I went to Schalke two years ago in the Champions League. In the last minute, he launched it, the length of the pitch. It landed right on Raheem, Raheem Sterling's foot. He just rounded the keeper and scored. It was unbelievable. It's 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 very similar to our Gav's um, uh, uh, golf. You know, it's a lovely touch because you should yeah. watch Gav's Gav's golf golf. Uh, what's it called? Pitch. What would you call that? A pitch shot, right, Gav? Pitch. Shot. No, no it's Edison. A- Edison to Sterling at Schalke is probably like um, he kind of drives that. It's it's. It's, really? Yeah, it's 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 not it's not a loopy kind of shot. It's a, it's a good. Oh, that's a par three. Like, no, it's a, it's a six or. You know Edison. Three. You know Edison would get in the Man United midfield, in it. <laughs> yeah, but I'd get in the I'd get in the Man United midfield. So that's not a huge playing but, field. But listen, but listen, that's enough praise for Edison because that's what I meant by overall keeper as well. Is he has mad moments? Yeah, far more. Far, he's very erratic, and that was an example of suddenly nearly losing the game for City when they shouldn't yeah. have lost. Was that near enough the last couple of minutes, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah it's and, that, and that would have been amazing. Like, you know, he was so good. Everyone talking about his distribution, that pass was one of the, 
you know, if that led to a goal, that would have been another Barclays moment, by the way. Um, the, guy's, the, guy's got, the guy has got a screw loose, yeah? When yeah, City yeah. won the league the first time, Edison, he had his uh, Instagram live on or something. The guy was doing backflips in his swimming pool at four in the morning with bottles of Corona. And the Corona was filling up with, like, chloride and he was just drinking it. And then he was getting back out, jumping back in. And the guy must have kept thinking he had, his beer was full. He was drinking pure pool water. And I thought, that's my goalkeeper. He's just won the league. He's 20-odd-year-old. He's doing backflips in his pool with bottles of Corona. That is exactly what I'd be doing if I was him. And I thought, the guy's a legend, but he's just one of the boys. He's mad. But he does give us a different... He gives us a level that not a lot of goalkeepers can do. And sometimes when we're getting pressed, Edison's so cool to get us out. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and and that's, that's, that's a huge thing for you because... And we're all goalkeepers now, you know. You, that there's an extra element to goalkeepers. Allison is good. Allison's good with his feet. He's he's really good distribution. Not only like ball at his feet, but Elvis hands, good throws, good kicks. You know, you see for Salah last um, the season before last at home to United when when Salah goes through and and scores at the cop end. But it's a huge thing. But when it drops over his head here today, and it drops to Fabinho, you said it earlier, Steve. It's like slow motion, and I'm like. Is he putting it in the fucking net here? Or what? What are we waiting for here? You know, are we waiting for a signal. And um, but in fairness to Rodri, he just throws himself there. And like you said, if Fabinho doesn't think he's that much time, I think he traps it and buries it. But I think he traps it and takes that extra little, just that half second to compose himself. And then Rodri's in. And to be honest with you, I'd have loving it to go in. That's very very obvious. But when afterwards you kind of go, you know what? It's two two. It's a draw. I think it's fair, you know, and yeah. sometimes fairness kind of has to go over that kind of tribalism where you say, fuck, we, you know, we didn't get it. And, and I would have loved it to go in because last minute, Fabinho, brilliant. And, you know, Liverpool are, are gone top and, and stuff like that. But you kind of go after go, ah, yeah, you know, it's a 2-2 two, two draw. It's cool. Um, before we finish, lads, man of the match, Keith, um, you can go either team here if you want because we have yeah. Steve on. Yeah, no, I won't. I'll go with Mo Salah. I'll go with Mo Salah. Um, just ahead of John Matip for me, because I thought Matip was excellent, but Salah has the moments. Do you know what I mean? Like You said something, Gav, about uh, he's, he's, the Suarez debate has gone. I think there's a Steven Gerrard debate now to be had um, with Mo Salah. I think he's fast becoming. At, at this moment in time, I think he's an argument to be our greatest Premier League player. And I think he's if he sticks around and continues on this trajectory, he could be our greatest ever player. And we've had illustrious players in our history. What this footballer is doing now is, you know, his, his game is improving year on year, which is what you want to see. He's evolving. This year, he's more rounded. We said it before. He's working harder. He's digging out at the back. You know, when the defenders are getting um, caught upfield, he's coming back. He's, his game is just improving all the time. I think he was amazing today. Um, I know people would say, oh, without the goal, was he great? He was great for the, the first goal as well, but he has the moments. I thought Matip's 90 minutes was better, but Salah had the moments, so I'm going for Salah. No problem. Steve, man of the match for you? Well, I just I just caught on the TV, they gave a joint man of the match today on the yeah. TV. David what? Foden and Salah. Yeah. 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 I've never seen that before. Neither have I. So yeah. they've given that. For me, listen, I, I could give it Salah. Yeah, I could give it Foden. But I'm going to give it Bernardo. I just thought 
the little guy's engine, especially after the week he's had, he's Chelsea away, Paris away. And, um, you know, he's finally playing in the middle now. Last season, he was forced out wide. He wanted to leave. It's not his position out wide. We don't get the best of him. He was just sort of Pep Guardiola just pigeonholed him out there. Now you're getting the best of Bernardo Silva. I mean, today, I'm sure if you ask any of them Liverpool midfielders today, I bet they were saying he was like a wasp. You know what I mean? He was just round and buzzing everywhere. So for me, for City, it was Bernardo, um, followed closely by Phil. Um, and obviously for Liverpool, it, it was Salah. Yeah, but uh, Bernardo Silva, I think, you know what? Uh, and I, I think about a lot of Liverpool f- supporters looked at Bernardo Silva and went, what a fucking player. But I think when, when he stood at the end he had with the cup of coffee in his hand, when they yeah, were yeah, out for that, I think, I think a lot of Liverpool fans went, you know what? There's been a great player and then there's been a bit, bit of a fucking idiot. And um, I don't know if he regrets that or I don't know if he thinks anything of it. But I think oh, he, he went down. I think I think he went down in a lot of Liverpool fans' estimations as a person when he done that. Now I'm not saying it's the biggest thing in the world, but you know, stand there with the jacket on and the cup of coffee. It's like you know, it's a bit lacks a bit of class for me. You know, and and maybe it's a sign of his mentality where I'm going, fuck you, so I don't care about you winning the league. I'll be back, mm. you know, sort of way. But um, as a footballer, he is, he's so fucking good. He's so yeah. good. I think you're right. You limit him when he's out wide because when he's out wide on that left foot, a lot of teams can look at him and go, we just push him into the middle of the park. We push him. Yeah, that's or, what happens. Or, or, or what we do is we just constantly push him out wide and we keep banking and go outside and we'll hoard him. When you put him in the midfield three, he can go anywhere he wants. And not only is that, I think the biggest thing that comes from Bernardo Silva is his work rate. His work rate yeah, for a player that's meant to be... He's a ratty little fucker. Yeah, he's for, always there. Yeah, for a player that's yeah. meant to be, you know, good on the ball, you know, um, graceful on the ball, glides with the ball, he works so fucking hard. And I think that's the extra element that he brings to other midfielders that you would see. But that might have the same technical ability, but the work rate from him is just um, is unbelievable. Just, um, something on Bernardo, just something on Bernardo Silva. Again, mm. um, if Harvey Elliott, and of course he'd be watching that game. Yeah. That is the kind of performance because similar, similar physique, definitely same position. That was because I tell you why that was a great performance, Bernardo Silva. All those things, Scaff, because what you said, because he is a little run. He's an absolute little bastard. He is. But <laughs> every team, no, but he's, he's one of those that the opposition wants. Oh, I'd be definitely giving him a slap in the head. The it? amount of abuse he must have got, Steve, you was at the game. Every touch he was booed. When he came out, he was booed. The, and, and to put in a shift and performance like that, you've got to be special. That, you know, a lot of people, for example, we spoke about Raheem Sterling, can't take the heat. Can't take the heat like that. But this kid, as much as of a rat, and I, I'd, I'd slap the... As soon as you slapped him, Gav, I'd slap him the other way around back. Mm. Be a I actually, I actually seen um, something about that cup of coffee incident where he said um, he didn't know that he had to do the the, the guard of honour because he wasn't playing. He was on the bench and he came out with his coffee and they were like, you need to line up. So he oh. was just sort of there and just went, fuck this and walked off. Yeah, it was disrespectful. But anyone that knows the guy, obviously in-house, we're on the City squad, he's a bit of a... I don't think he's that kind of guy. They bully him a little bit. He's always getting slung in the swimming pool. His clothes getting cut up. He's getting thrown in the fire. And he's just one of them little guys. But I think he'd probably regret that. But like you say, the Liverpool fans was on him a little bit. I get that. Because if he'd have done that against us, I'd have been the same. Yeah. Um, but he had a great game today. And he's had a great game 
in Paris. He had a great game at Chelsea, uh, but he wants to leave. It's, it's an open fact. He wants to leave. Um, not, not because he doesn't like City. It's a lifestyle choice. I'm led to believe. I think he's he's a he's a he's a sun man. He likes his uh, Portuguese weather. Would, Spain you not, weather. would you not get him on the sunbeds right, and have a whip round? <laughs> Hey, we need to keep him, you know what I mean? So, I, I was saying to a guy the other day, I said, some players are cut from different cloth. I mean, David Silva came over here from Gran Canaria and yeah. um, he just took to it and thought, you know what, I'm going to have to put up with rain, sleet and snow in Manchester for 10 years, but I will leave a legend. Mm. Now he's got a statue. Aguero the same. He spent most of his time in his house playing video games, but he got the job done. Bernardo, you know, he might just be one of them guys that needs to float about on a lilo somewhere. You know what I mean? That's him. But um, I wish him his best. But if he can give us a good season this year and we can get some trophies and he leaves with my blessing. Grizz, man of the match for you. Yeah, look, after giving a big up to uh, Bernardo Silva, um, magnificent. I thought Foden was out of this world. And I I kind of knew he's going to be. You know, in terms of talking about Kids around the world, the best kids. Foden is up there with any 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 young under twenty three player in the, in the world, and I mean that he's that good. But Mohamed Salah, Mohamed Salah, for those for that second half performance when we weren't great, when we needed when we needed one of our big dogs to stand up. My God, that brother stood up and made everyone fall down around him. Mohamed Salah. Okay, um, Red Steve has a suggestion. He says. Could you just get Steve to follow Bernardo Silva around? Because Steve apparently is a little ray of sunshine. Isn't no that problem. Lovely thing, isn't that a lovely thing to say. This is the happiest and liveliest season. Steve just hanging around Bernardo Silva going, I am your sunshine. It'd be fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> people, that, people that watch me on the Big Six show, Grizz, honestly. Ray of sunshine. Fuck They get the ray of the- Someone said, when I see Grizz on all these channels, he talks, sorry, Steve on all these channels, he talks well about football. And then next minute, he's blowing the gasket on the big six show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's Red Steve. That uh, Was it Red Steve earlier that said um, he broke some furniture um, when the first goal went in? And obviously, he's yeah. on, on, on his way to Ikea tomorrow to um, rectify that situation. Um, but look, man of the match for me, I, I have to go with Salah because I just... It's, do you know what it? It's just the moments he gives you, and yeah. you know, we, we, I can go back. I, I'll probably watch this game again. I usually watch them twice: once when it's live, second time, then probably tonight or tomorrow. And it's much easier to watch when you watch it a second time because the emotions gone over. You knows what happened, and you're watching. You're watching not patterns of player or anything like that. I'm not. I'm not like that. But I watch little things for just how a player is playing or how did he do this? How did he do that? And just to learn, I suppose, when you're watching football, but. Um, when I'm when I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, "Oh, seventy five minutes, here we go," and you're just waiting for that, you're just waiting for it to watch it again and again. I've seen a hundred times already, and you can't, you just can't stop watching it because of the the skill, the the power, the pace, the finish, everything about it. But in fairness, um, City put as much into this game today as Liverpool did, and and you know the, the folding goal is really good, and 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 we've we've mentioned Bernardo Silva and some of the players were magnificent today, and. For me, Liverpool were probably six or seven out of ten and survived a very hairy 30 minutes, but then came out and, and showed what they're about. And as I said, me and Steve were talking for 10 minutes before we come on here. And the only thing we could say between the two of us was the levels you've seen today at certain times is just way above, for me, what you see in the Premier League on a regular basis. And I include Chelsea. Chelsea are currently sitting top. I don't think Chelsea 
uh, all things being equal, get near Liverpool and Man City simply because of the no. consistency and, and the players they have and, and what they can do to you. So it's one of those. But it's been um it's been a really, really, really good show. One shout out there, um somebody said um really liked the um the Billy Little um video that was out the other day um from Keith. Um did you enjoy that, Keith? I did enjoy it, Gav. Yeah. yeah, you know me. I love talking about old-fashioned stuff. You know, black yeah. and white football. Big, yeah. big fan of all that. And yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good, uh, good little yeah. show. If anyone hasn't watched it, it was just about yeah. a lad's book coming out. Um, yeah. P, P, uh, P. Kenny Jones, and it's coming out soon about Billy Little being a hundred. And just reading back over, there's not footage of people who played in the forties and fifties. You know what I mean? So you just read stories about them, and you appreciate the players. Um, Mm. the the older players that as we said in the show you know some of these players are at risk of being forgotten about you know yeah. history doesn't remember people before the Premier League started never mind the 1950s you know but yeah no it was, it was enjoyable it was a really good show and um we that's that's on the that's on our um YouTube channel it's it's there it's a couple of days old now but it's a really good um 45 minutes or so about, yeah. about little and um him being he would have been 100 now so all about his career and well done to pete on the book and it's coming out early november um I just i say guys one thing yeah hmm. i've got to give a big shout out to the stewards in the city end today because they were bang on yeah and there was a guy next to me he must have been 80 odd years old yeah walking stick couldn't see stood up half first half next to me, couldn't see. And then we had a word with the steward and said, look, there's a fella here, he can't see, he stood up with a walking stick, he's obviously... And they went, no problem. They moved him to the disabled section, they took him for a drink, they sat him down. At the end of the game, he looked absolutely made up. So, listen, I know that doesn't happen at other grounds. They'd just have been palmed him off. But they were really bent over backwards today. And a lot of stewards get shit, yeah? Because all oh, the stewards are this and that, but but today, hundred percent fair play what they did there today. Everyone was raving about that. Yeah, and that's nice to see, um, especially for a man that's probably gone and watched City all his life. And you know, I can't believe where he was. I thought if City score, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, anyway, half time, he was next minute. I seen him he's on a padded seat. He's got a drink. Yeah. He was living the dream. He probably was having me at it. He could probably see all along. But he just, you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 He was probably, no, he was probably sitting where the sun was shining and Bernardo Silva was going mad over uh, it. In fairness. Um, but look, um, no, it's been a really, really, really good show. And listen, a massive thanks to Steve for coming on and joining us because yeah. he literally left Anfield, no travelled home and literally came in the, in the door and stuck this, uh, stuck this feed on for us. So fair play to him. Grizz, anything else before we go? No, no, just a bit of time to recover. Um, mm. As as you know, and a few others know, the continuation of the of the of the crash diet continues. Yeah, you uh, sent us a picture. We, we discussed that on another show. Yeah, you sent time. us a picture the other day of what you called soup, and um, if it was soup. You're in serious fucking trouble with our I thought it was a bowl in the sink of dirty water. Yeah, I that. was the soup. It was <laughs> but this is it. Yeah, but this is what you got. Listen, this is this what you struggle. got to get through. This Go is it. the Go struggle, it. my brother. This no. is yeah. the struggle. I'll don't get on to you for the recipe. Don't be worrying about it. You're doing a liquid diet. You don't do that. Just do a calorie deficit diet and you'll be absolutely fine with a bit of exercise. Can you uh, stop with the advice, please? No, I'm flying. I'm flying. Every week is on a. Every week is on a. Right, well, I'm not flying. Right, I'm flying now because I'm on Guinness. Four days, but um, <laughs> no, honestly, I'm I, I'm a week into it now. Um, 
calorie deficit diet and a bit of exercise every evening, and I feel amazing. Absolutely. Well, amazing. we motivate each other. We'll, 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 we'll track our results. Well, you don't we'll motivate be... me when you send me balls of fucking dishwater and you tell me you're drinking it or you're eating it, whatever you, where you want to put it. But... Sorry, I'm just having my dinner. Okay, cool. Yeah, with well, that delivery or at the door, I'd say. Um, yeah, 100%. Keith, anything else before we go? Yeah, if people are upset about James Milner not getting sent off today, the Super Classico was on tonight with River playing Pocket Juniors. And on 16, 15 minutes, Marcos Rojo got a yellow card. Yeah. And on 16 minutes, Marcos Rojo got a second yellow card and got sent off after 16 minutes. So, you know, it's not the worst fucking... <laughs> yellow card story of the day Marcos Rojo just lives up to being Marcos Rojo again and River Plate one two one. good stuff good stuff Steve anything else before you go anything you'd like to mention plug uh, do whatever you want so, but go ahead just, I'm new to the YouTube game uh, I've got my own channel at Big Steve MCFC um, so if you want to follow me on there follow me Did it, me and Grizz did a little preview come down well and obviously catch me on the big six tomorrow with Grizz um, it's always lively but don't expect a nice, calm Steve that you see on there. It's yeah. totally different on there. It's dog eat dog. Yeah, we're good for you, Steve. We're good yeah. for you. Oh, yeah, I enjoy it on here. It's like yeah. a little like therapy for me. You can talk yeah. normal, real football. When I'm yeah. on the big six, you get involved in all sorts of bullshit. Yeah, yeah that's because <laughs> yeah. he's on. I'll tell you what, we rattle each other. We, we, we proper <laughs> rattle each other. I don't know if anybody's seen the episode with Toby. Toby, the Tottenham fan. He left the North London derby after 44 minutes. Now, for me, I'm cut from different cloth. If I go to a derby game, yeah, I leaving. ain't leaving, whether I'm six, eight nil down. So I give it him that much. It was a live funeral. The casket was laid open. He was rolled in it and buried. Chris, it was hard watching, wasn't it? So. <laughs> Proper order. You're, you're welcome on here anytime. Even if you want to drop yeah. in and just chat random football. Or no, I appreciate it. I enjoy it. Thank yeah, you. Good stuff. And we enjoy having you. And again, yeah, thanks for the effort you made to tonight. Listen, um, it's international break. And when international break comes, I told you, we're the best at international breaks because it means we don't have to exclusively talk about football. We can have a good time. The Forum is back tomorrow, though. They're going to be talking all things football and probably a lot about today. Um, Tuesday, I'm not too sure. We might fit something like a quiz in there. Wednesday is definitely the midweek fix. We're definitely going to have that. Thursday is carnage. Friday is sports unplugged. Um, and of course, we'll be off for the weekend bar the Fatback 4. The Fatback 4 next week will be a little bit different. And me and Andy are definitely having a chat Tuesday week. That's all I'll tell you. Me and Andy are definitely having a chat on Tuesday week. But if you want some quizzes, you want some drafts, or you want some randomness, just let us know. Get on to us on social media and let us know because genuinely, Anything goes in international break um, for us to have a, a bit of crack every night. Um, that has been the Fatback for um, a little bit over time, but we've had a lovely, lovely chat about Liverpool 2, Man City 2. Liverpool um, remain unbeaten, and you thought they were getting away with it um, until the Bruyne scored, but overall, I think it was a fair result. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.